Do you like tacos? Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about things that really matter in America. You're listening to the Nacho Show Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Nacho Show. This is Ignacio Valdez uh, here in Ogden, Utah, uh, bringing to you uh, the best podcast ever. And uh, this uh, podcast is uh, uh, being brought to you by Fed by Ravens Media and also uh, the Brickstone Potato, the Trump Tater Tater. And this uh, uh, also is uh, being sponsored by Solidify Web. Let's build the website for you today. All right. Well, uh, this is the continuation of uh, our past past, uh, podcast. And uh, we are talking about education in America and uh, um, how uh, the libtards, they want to infiltrate uh, the educational system uh, of the United States and how they just want to proclaim their leftist idea. Um, and we have with us a, a special guest. Uh, her name is Natalie Klein. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Ignacio. Nice to be here again. Yeah, it is my pleasure. Always um, a pleasure to, to have you here. And uh, we're going to, uh, to, to, to have a, a deeper conversation, uh, you know, because in our last episode, uh, you spoke um about several things uh, that was super disturbing to me. <laughs> and uh, I really want to, I want the world to know uh, what exactly is going on and what, um, what is the, uh, the left uh, trying to do infiltrating our, our school system. And uh, uh, you are in, in the board uh, of education of our beloved state of Utah. And uh, I really, uh, number one, and I already told you this before, and off off camera and off the phone, I salute you for everything that you've been doing. Um, I fully support you, and you are a defender of the liberties of our country. And that's what I appreciate a lot. And uh, because I came to this country fleeing away from false politics and the corruption, uh, and now we're getting it here. <laughs> what yeah. do I do? <laughs> it's it's a tricky thing to figure out how to deal with. Um, you know, it's sometimes you just want to flee the system, and and you know, parents are the primary in their ch- children's lives, and the state is supposed to be secondary. Uh, we have great laws on the books here in Utah that that affirm that right. Uh, but it seems more and more that's just lip service. Um, even though a, a resolution was passed this last session, um, yeah. bringing that, trying to bring that back to the forefront so that we don't forget. Um, but it really does seem that there is an intentional movement um, for the state to assert their power over your children and their uh, way. Uh, they want the children to think the way they want them to think. Mm. Um, You know, I I read an article this morning from Teen Vogue magazine, which (laughs) it was probably the scariest piece of propaganda I've ever seen on how, and they just write how homeschooling parents are so dangerous because they focus and and abusive because they focus on Christian ideology 
and mm-hmm. and how we need to protect kids from this so that they can have um, a well-rounded education and not be indoctrinated by their parents. So just right. kind of flipping the whole thing around um, and making it sound as if, you know, Christian parents are horrible and abusive mm. and, and to protect kids from them. That is what makes me very upset because uh, I don't understand how they see that uh, having having a Christian religion um, makes is bad. I don't understand why that is bad. I mean, everything that the Lord Jesus Christ taught um, was compassion. It was inclusiveness. It, it was I mean, everything that the libtards really do preach you know acceptance and i mean why are they categorizing that and, and i'm sorry you know in the natural show natalie as probably you have already experienced we are a free range free spirit of speech you can say whatever you want whatever the heck you want so that's why and probably brian i can i think i drive him nuts sometimes because uh, i say words like china virus or literature <laughs> libtardation and you know whatever and 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 that's you know i I just i just pick my mind you know i'm sorry you know and and if this offends anybody then you know just don't listen to my show right right (laughs) you know what i'm saying so and and that's and that's the the nature of the show now uh natalie since you are here we have the honor to have you here and allowing allowing us to um and to talk about these things, uh, there are several pointers that you made on uh, uh, as far as, uh, um, you know, talking about it is concerned. It's uh, the SEL. Uh, now that you're talking, you know, about how the left thinks that us Christians, we teach bad things to our kids. Sectarian religious indoctrination. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more about that? What is it and how is that affecting our our system? So SEL or social emotional learning. Oh, sorry. Um, and that's what it is. Social emotional learning, um, also known as SEL, is another euphemism for critical race theory, uh, or it, more accurately, um, it is a. Let me just back up for a second and just okay. say I'm not speaking um, on behalf of the board. Okay. <laughs> I always have to throw that disclaimer in there before I forget. Good. Um, but this is from my own studies, uh, which I have dived deep into these documents. Uh, Castle, C-A-S-E-L dot org, um, is a website you want to check out. Uh, you want to look up transformative SEL. Uh, this is the new framework for SEL uh, created. Castle is the company that um, created the framework that most SEL programs use. Um, and so if you watch Castle and what they're doing, you'll know what to expect in your mm-hmm. school's social emotional learning program, whatever they mm-hmm. use. Because Castle, is that is that a show or what is it? It's it's a website. It's called it's the Collaborative Association for Social Emotional Learning. So C A S E L dot org, um, and they've they were created several years ago and have been incorporating, getting schools to adopt it, selling uh, teachers and administrators on this great new way to help kids become more resilient, um, hmm. to help them be able to handle their emotions better, to become more self-aware and, 
And uh, all of these things that parents, when they hear it packaged with these nice words, go, yeah, that sounds great. That's what I want for my kids, especially this year after they've been through so much this last year with the masks and the social distancing and just the weird um, atmosphere that school was and the oppressive atmosphere that it was um, that caused kids a lot of anxiety, right, Um, and depression and suicidal ideation. So social, emotional, they, they created this problem for our kids, this trauma, um, as they would say. Um, and then they come in with their solution, which is social, emotional learning, which is being rolled out across the state, across the nation because of the ARP ESSER funds, the federal funds for COVID relief um, from the feds that are for to mitigate the learning losses caused during COVID. So you've got, um, they say, you know, if you've ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, mm-hmm. where you cannot progress to higher levels of thinking until your base needs are met, they're using that as, as their justification for focusing school on social-emotional learning before academics. Because if kids aren't uh, emotionally prepared to learn, then they can't learn, right? So we're going mm-hmm. to start setting major amounts of time in the school day over to focusing on social and emotional or the psychological aspect, because uh-huh. otherwise they can't, they won't be able to learn. Right. So teachers have been complaining for years that they already don't have enough time to teach the basics. And now we're throwing all of this at them, taking even more time away. And um, social emotional learning is something that, they don't want you to be able to opt out of. They want to integrate it into every subject. So it usually starts out um, as a certain period of the day, like half an hour in the morning or half an hour at the end of school or, you know, during one of the periods, they'll spend 15 minutes to half an hour on social emotional learning. But the goal is to get integrated. Um, and and it really is like morning circles. If you If your child participates in morning circles, um, or closing circles, that should be a red flag because it, they, the kids sit in a circle and it's like group therapy and it's experimental group therapy by uh-huh. teachers that are not trained um, in social work or psychology, right? So that's really dangerous. And they have these discussions. Um, one parent said, you know, my daughter came home and she told me how neat it is if they sit in a circle and then she said, well, what do you talk about? And she said, well, usually they have us tell us, tell the group what sad things have happened in our lives. Okay. Hey, this is, if you, if you come from, if a child comes home, come from a, comes from an abusive home, right. And they start telling these things in this group setting, how is that going to affect these other kids? Right. It's also a means to introduce them to ideas of critical race theory and comprehensive sexuality education under the guise of gender identity so kids can share about their different identities right in this group setting and and kids are taught empathy in these group settings to be compassionate of these kids really to to treat it all of these different ways of um identifying and Uh these different ideologies as perfectly normal right so Mm -hmm. um like the one student, did you have a question? No, I, I was going to say, uh, while you were explaining about this, I was looking at the website 
the castle castle.org c-a-s-e-l.org and i saw something that really caught my eye what did it what was it uh it was okay so in in the homepage, uh, and if, if I go to the About Us, it, it, it does have that as well. Uh, there, uh, and let me just, I think we can show my screen. Well, anyway, uh, so it's got, it's got four, four drawings there, and one says Drive Research, and they have like a mind, you know, with a, with a cog, you know, mm-hmm. with, a, um, with a magnifying glass, and it says Drive research. We advance the knowledge base about SEL by synthesizing, conducting, and commissioning research. Okay. All right. Research. Major data collection happening on the kids. Exactly. So what they do is uh, what, you know, and I need to do do more research about these guys. But it it tells me right there that they gather the data, all of the information that they want people to learn. And then the second step is guide practice. It says we translate research into action through school district partnerships and field tested resources and tools. Um, and I'm, I'm on their transformative on the page where they talk about transformative SEL, uh-huh. um, developing and refining transformative SEL toward equity. And then they have a section castle webinar series, SEL as a uh-huh. lever for equity and social justice. Promoting justice-oriented civic engagement. Um, This is turning the social. People think it's about the emotions of the kid. Social means teaching them about socialism and the collective. Uh Emotional talks about them thinking like the world, like a global citizen, right? Is Uh to change their values, attitudes, and beliefs away from that of what they've been taught in their families and their faiths to this new way of thinking, this collective way of thinking. And you see how I told you how the leftists are like snakes because, because snakes, they're, they're sneaky. Very much. So, yeah, but if you go to this page and you read Castle's page, you just go. I mean, if you, if all you read is the first couple paragraphs and skim, you're going to miss it. That's because they package it up really nice, but you you don't have to read very far before you start uncovering all of the red flag (laughs) words and, and listen it's, to this one. It says, inform, inform policy. We support states in development pre-K-12 SEL policies and guidelines. Policies, SEL policies yeah. and guidelines? And educate federal policymakers about the value of SEL. That's definitely dangerous. Right, right. right. Well, and you've got this five-part webinar series. The first one is cultivating and communicating commitment. Sounds great. Second one, adult SEL to support anti-racist practices. Okay, anti-racism is an, a complete ideology. And that's, again, that's the way they get CRT in. And it's not just for students. It's for the adults. The, the uh, teachers and administrators go through this training too. So then they buy into it and model it for the kids practice it on the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also about the third one is elevating student voice and vision. This is about putting children's rights over parental rights uh-huh. and, and making parents submissive to whatever the student wants, right? Um, authentic partnerships with families and communities. Uh, not really um, policy and data practices that dismantle inequities. It's about disrupting the system. It's about creating Student activists. 
that's what it's about. And and, and that comes in under the new civics terms, um, you know, because Common Core created a vacuum for for civics education, right? And now we're in this civics or constitutional crisis that we're facing. So they're saying, oh, you know, they created the problem again, and now they're coming in with a solution through what they call new civics or action civics or civics engagement or service learning, right? Uh Um, Which leads into um, the SEL app that I told you about um, Uh called the Hero app. Um, you can look it up, herok12.com. Um, a family in Delta that has kids at Delta High contacted me the other day, and, and this is the first I'd heard about it. Um, but their students were not allowed to leave the classroom until they had downloaded this new SEL app. It's oh, wow. supposed to track the kids' um, emotions, right? It's about manipulating them, and, and they track all the data so the kid then has to chart and track everything that they're feeling and doing so that they get the right, so they get points, right? But they uh-huh. have to have the right attitudes and values and beliefs and feelings in order to get the points. They also be, get points for community engagement or this action civics for partnering. You're going out and doing community service for leftist organizations. Wow. Okay. And it's, so it's this, this app, literally collects tens of thousands of data points on your kids every day, follows their every move, gives them points for engaging in leftist um, service in the community. And, and so really it becomes a social credit app. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So is that the, the hero K12.com? Hero K12.com or .org. Did you uh, find it? Uh, let me see. Well, I'm, I'm I'm looking through it, but but yeah, I'm, I, I, we can definitely you know uh, go more towards that. I'll I'll just go ahead and yeah. do more research on it. But yeah, it it sounds uh, yeah all under the guise of social emotional learning. Yeah, exactly. And they are trying to, you know, they're making it look very, uh, very innocent. You know, kind of like. Uh, a little bit of activism here and there, you know, like, yeah, it's all about your emotions. Yeah, It's all about, you know, you, how you feel. It's not, it's not anymore about two plus yeah. two is, if you say two plus two is 10, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so um, there's, we created, uh, we worked hard as a group of um, concerned parents after having studied and researched all of this stuff about social emotional learning. We put together an opt-out form, a, a comprehensive opt-out form, so that parents could take it into their schools and say, you know, I don't want my kid participating in this. Um, and I had one, one parent reach out to me last night that said, yeah, I, I took it in. And now this is the response that I got from the teacher who talked to the principal and they're saying that these two times during the day, these like 15 or 30 minute segments that if I want my child opted out, I have to come and check my, my student out during that time. So like two different times of the day for like half an hour, she has to drive over there, check them out every day, twice a day if she doesn't want her child to participate. So they're making it really hard. They want all the kids to participate and, um, 
part of the problem is, is this this um, opt-out form is so comprehensive. And when I said they're trying to integrate SEL into everything, into all the subjects, um, so that you can't opt out. So when they get an opt-out form like this, it really um, befuddles them. I had one person say, oh, I gave it to the principal. I, you should have seen a look on his face. Like, how are we supposed to accommodate this opt-out form when we've integrated it or are integrating uh-huh. it into everything? Um, but that just shows you how deep the problem goes and how important this opt-out form is. Because if everybody sends in this opt-out form, mm-hmm. they're going to have to either put it back into one period of the, t- of the day um, and unintegrate it so that you can opt out or they're going to have to stop their program or do something. And, and we actually had that just happen at Draper Park Middle School um, in Canyons District. There was a couple weeks ago, Sam Crowley, a beloved uh, music teacher, mm-hmm. resigned over the second step social-emotional learning program that their school had adopted this year because he, he, he teaches seventh grade. Um, and he started going through it, and he said, the deeper I got in it, the more concerned I became. Mostly the problem, the problem areas were not in the skeletal outline of the, of the program that they'll often share with parents uh, that's very vague, uh, but in the videos and the questions that are put up on the screen for the kids um, that have BLM activism in it or that have question prompts for the students to ask the teacher because teachers are not allowed to talk about certain things unless a student spontaneously asks. So mm-hmm. second step has these questions that it puts up on the screen that, and then tells the students to ask their teacher, opening the door for teachers to talk about stuff that they're not normally allowed to talk about. Um, right. And he literally, I mean, he, in his resignation letter that he put out to the public, um, which I can share with you and anybody that yeah. wants to see it, he, really he goes through that. and details out the things he found that were problematic. Um, it's the first time we've had a teacher come out and share that kind of detail uh, so that parents now know that the gaslighting is happening when they say, no, this is great. This is a wonderful program. It's going to help your child so much. Now they can see what actually is in the program. Uh-huh. Um, and it's yeah, hugely uh-huh. problematic. Definitely problematic, and I really would love to see that letter. If you can send it to me, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I sent you a link to, uh, if maybe you can share it with this podcast, okay. to my newsletter on exposing SEL that has lots of these links. It has the opt-out form attached to it, um, the resignation letters. It has the video of the Alpine okay. teacher that got fired because um, it became so odd because she got caught on a student <laughs> camera. Um, doing her little five-minute rant that shows yeah. what SEL is teaching teachers and then what teachers are passing on to their students. It really is a sectarian doctrine, and they follow it religiously. Wow. And that's not allowed by Utah law, but we have to call it sectarian doctrine if we want to be able to right. stop it because that's what it is. It's a whole new belief system. Right. Well, when we come back, I would love to talk to you. Uh, I would like to uh, to talk more about that and how, uh, I mean, it, this is brand new and it's going to affect the schools pretty soon, I, I must assume. So uh, we will uh, be right back. Remember, this is The Natural Show brought to you by Fed uh, by Ribbons Media and Solidify Web. We'll be right back.
And welcome back to the Nacho Show. This is Ignacio Valdez uh, uh, here in Ogden, Utah. Beautiful Ogden, Utah. It is nice and sunny. And we're kind of getting ready for winter. And remember, this uh, show is being brought to you by Fed by Ravens Media. The Brixton Potato, the Trump Tater Tater. And also, this uh, show is being brought to you by Solidify Web. Uh, let's build the website for you today. All right. And we have our awesome Natalie Klein here. Are you in, in Salt Lake or Sandy or which part of Utah are you in? Um, I live in the, the southwest end of the Salt Lake Valley, Bluffdale. Right. But my, right. my school district covers... Jordan School District, small bit of Alpine and Canyons oh, District fantastic. as well. Fantastic. That, that's a, a fantastic area. So, uh, yeah, Natalie, thanks so much for being here with us. Now, we are talking about SEL and how dangerous this is for our, our school and our schools and our kids. Um, so we talked about that. So before we move to the next uh, point, I, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. But um, something that really caught my eye here is the sectarian religious indoctrination. But before we move to that point, I, I, I would love to hear from you. Um, what, what, are, what are the moves here? So how are, are the left being, does this agenda have, has to go through you guys in the Board of Education? Uh, or do they just go directly to teachers uh, to indoctrinate mm-hmm. the kids? How, how does how's that working out? Uh, so we we had a rule uh, board rule that we passed um, end of June and then reaffirmed in August after the after the public comment period on that rule uh, that was on professional learning or professional development for our teachers uh, their, and training regarding education or equity, diversity, and inclusivity, which is just another name for critical race theory. So um, the intent, uh, you know, or the way it was sold is that it would stop critical race theory, right, based on what the the House and Senate um, directed us to do as a board um, in their resolution uh, after parents uh, expressed grave concern over this. Um, Uh So... Uh, but it doesn't, it, the rule that we passed has not stopped it at all, right? Because it doesn't, they're not, the, the trainings that are done for teachers are not about social emotional learning, they're not called educational equity. So again, it's, it's a, this word game, they have all of these different terms that they use um, so that they can shape shift all the time, right? And, and avoid the different rules or laws that are put in place to stop critical race theory or comprehensive sexuality education. They call it um, culturally responsive teaching or, um, you know, they have all these different names. In fact, in, I put forward an amendment to the rule. It's a 20 page amendment. It's really just an overhaul of the rule. Um, I didn't pass but I wanted it to get it out there to people so that they could read it and see exactly what they're looking for to know how it's getting into our schools. Um, it goes into a lot of detail. It has a whole list of words, um, probably a hundred words or more. I'm not, I haven't even counted them all. Um, but 
you need to know what these words are so that you can recognize when it's getting in. This, these are all the terms that you find in EduSpeak and in the, in the trainings. So really, any of these words that teachers are being trained on should fall under that rule, but they don't because they're not delineated. So parents have to know what it is. That rule does allow parents to ask for a copy of trainings if they are, uh, if they're trainings on educational equity. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, but that's very narrow. So they did that intentionally so that because it, they fill it, they put it into these trainings. Uh, You know, there's lots of trainings. If you go to um, the USBE website and, and look up Midas, uh, credentialing, Midas credentialing, that is um, mm-hmm. a lot of the trainings that teachers are going through. And you look for these uh, this list of words in those trainings, you'll find there's a lot of trainings there that teachers are being trained in this all the time. Um, yeah, you can, and the teacher colleges, I think we talked about this last time, um, they receive this throughout their, their teacher colleges before they graduate and enter uh, the teaching field. So, you know, they don't know how, many of the teach young teachers wouldn't know how to teach without this stuff because it's been so embedded in what they've been taught and trained in. Um, but yeah, I, that, that amendment is part of the newsletter I sent you. There's a link okay. to it. So you can read that um, and, and find out how to keep it out. And you'll notice there's a long yeah, like the first 14 pages have to do with definitions mm-hmm. and words uh, because a rule is made broken within the definition section. So in our rule that passed, compared to my amendment, it, had, it has very few definitions and they're very vague. And that's intentional to introduce what critical race theorists call strategic ambiguity so that they can keep playing their game um, and getting around the rules. One of the things that the rule that passed actually requires it. Some of it, it prohibits some things and it requires some things. Um, one of the things that it requires is teachers using strategies of inclusion, which inclusion is, it, that should be a red flag word for every parent because it denotes LGBT indoctrination. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, the word started out in special ed, in special education to, Uh, make sure that special ed students were included within the regular classroom and made to feel included. They, they always use that definition to get it passed. And then as soon as it passes, they roll out the red carpet for the LGBT indoctrination. Um, And that's what I I tried to warn people of, but it still got in there. So now we've seen all kinds of LGBT indoctrination happening. First day of school, I had hundreds of parents from across the state sending me, pictures of documents that their kids were asked to fill out on the first day of school, introduction cards um, that say, like the one says government name, and they have to fill out their government name. I mean, just think about that, how creepy that sounds. What Kids are like, my government name? What's that? Okay. And then preferred name, and then preferred pronouns. And then when can I use these preferred pronouns? Just between you and me? Again, this is the teacher to the student. Um, be in front of your peers with your parents. Okay, mm-hmm. this is they they, and they were told you know that this is just between this teacher and the student. 
that breaks, that violates Utah law because any kind of form that they fill out that asks personal questions like that is considered considered a survey under the law and requires parental consent. Parental consent was not asked for. And so this became an issue at the board um, and uh, our state superintendent sent out, you know, a letter saying, oh, tell the LA or the district and charter heads um, saying we can't, you can't do this. It's, you know, Utah law says you have to have parental consent if you're, or there might, if you do it, there might be unintended consequences there. And then she went on to say how there are better ways of finding this out by asking these kind of vague questions. Like, tell me what I can do to make you feel more included and welcomed in class, you know, or, um, and, and so now we had a whole new uh, gender guidance document that came before us last week at our board meeting that's eight pages of horrific where it starts out by citing Utah law. So it looks great. They're acknowledging parental rights. And then the rest of the eight pages is telling you how to get around that law. So by using strategies of inclusion, for instance, um, it tells the teachers don't ask your students what their preferred pronouns are. Instead, just tell them what your preferred pronouns are. And when you write your name on the board, put your pronouns next to them. Uh, that's so that kids start seeing that as normal. Yeah. Like this is just what you do. You label yourself. Every time you write your name, you label yourself. Um, I have a teacher um, in Salt Lake City School District, her vice principal called uh, or emailed and said, you know, we're making new name placards for outside each classroom door. What, what pronouns do you want on yours? Right. So they're going to see this everywhere, but we don't have to, so we don't have to ask them and break the law. We just normalize it across the board or another strategy of inclusion was used in Davis school district um, at the beginning of the year uh, where she told her ninth grade students, all the boys line up on this side, all the girls line up on this side and everybody else in the middle. Wow. So she's not asking, right? And then the guidance document went, which thankfully did not pass because it's because of this part, I'm sure, um, specifically was so egregious where it said, if a student tells you they want to go by a different name or pronoun, before you ask the parent for permission, first consult with the student. And if the student indicates that they would, that you're talking to the parent would put them in an unsafe situation, then don't tell the parent. And then it went on further and said, and consider contacting DCFS, Child Protective Services. So if a parent is not going to be okay with their child transitioning, which is most parents, right? Most parents, they care deeply about their child and not, and they're, and wanting their child to have a firm grasp on reality would not be okay with this. But they're trying to make it sound as if these are abusive parents. Just like the Vogue, the Teen Vogue article I mentioned about homeschooling parents that teach Christian curriculum in their homeschools, right? These are the now the bad guys. And we have to protect students from these, these evil influences in their life, right? But... Then it went on to say, if the parent um, is basically supportive of a student transitioning, then work with the parent on creating a plan to announce this to their peers and help the peers understand. Hmm. 
right? So if you are an affirming parent, you are now considered a safe parent. If you are not affirming, then you are now unsafe. That you got to let that sink in. I mean, that's where this was going. And luckily we were able to say, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Even though we got thousands, literally thousands of emails from activists in the state telling us to support this guidance document to not make students tell their parents and not let parents know in order to protect the student. Natalie, literally, gosh, this really is boiling my blood. Yeah. Well, <laughs> boils up my blood because yeah. what authority do they have to take us parents that we teach good morals to our kids? How how is it to not steal? Do you know like all the commandments that the Lord has given us? Yeah. How is that something that will get us into jail? Right. How how is it that I am teaching my children to be good citizens, and uh, uh, how how is it that I am me being a good parent, uh, like uh, trying to teach them good things, and then if I tell them that they can change their their gender or their sex to something to something else that they are not, how how am I going to be thrown in jail for being against that? Well, when you, so I, on my Facebook this morning, I'm trying to pull it up and for whatever reason, can't see it. Um, There's a new letter that was just put out by Equality Utah um, and the ACLU together explaining how kids, schools or parents are being resistant to these strategies of inclusion that they say are required by the law. And that if they get pushed back, I mean, they're, the fact that they're partnering with the ACLU, they're trying to look big and bad. And that if you don't go along with it, you're going to get sued and the ACLU is going to uh, come after you. But how, how can they sue us? I mean, how can they do that? They, they have I, think, no I think it's more of an intimidation tactic That's to, make you, intimidation. to make parents think that they don't have any rights to stand on. And in the document, they talk about how important the children's rights are. Again, the United Nations has an entire conference every year on the rights of the child. This is uh-huh. coming home to roost right now, where they are trying, literally trying to elevate and tell kids that they have equal power or more power than their parents. Again, that's part of the idea of training them to be activists and to go against their parents. To, and and one, of the, one of the things that Sam Crowley mentioned from that he found in the second step social emotional learning program was where he, he as the teacher was directed to ask these students if um, to reflect that's a, you know anytime mm-hmm. they're asking your kids to reflect 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 that should be a red flag right but reflect on whether your parents are internal or external roadblocks to your learning Wow. Okay, so it's distinct. He said that was one of the things he says, I cannot teach this. It's harmful to students and it's distinctly anti family. That's definitely anti family right there. Yeah. So they're at every turn, they're, they're trying to make the parents look like the oppressors and the child look like the oppressed in order to get the children to rebel against. And if you, um, 
you know, Isaiah prophesied of this in the scriptures that in the last days that we would be led by, that we would be ruled by women and children, right? And I think they meant women that have lost their moral rectitude mm-hmm. that are pushing this kind of stuff. And, and those that are um, empowering our children to, you know, to lift up their heads and have stiff necks and, and rebel against their parents. This is Mao's cultural revolution all over again, the beginnings of it. Um, they're trying to sow the seeds of that where, you know, the one gal, I can't remember her name. She's, she moved here when she was in her early twenties to get away from China. Um, and she talks about how thoroughly indoctrinated she was um, in this communist propaganda um, to the point where the kids were taught to tell on their parents, right. And to report their parents and, she said, I, I watched my one friend who, who witnessed the, the torturing, beating, and killing of his mom by the Chinese officials and thought he had done a good thing. Mm. It was because he reported her for not, you know, going along with this, you know, it's just, it's so evil. And so when you see the seeds of it's coming in, um, it, it's really dangerous. And we have to say something before our kids can't think straight anymore. We need to teach clear thinking. When they say crit- when the critical race theorists use the terms critical thinking um, or the educrats use critical thinking, they're talking about critical race theory kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and again, changing the definitions of the words and, and we need to teach our kids to be clear thinking, to recognize the propaganda, to call it out um, when they, every time they see it. And, and if they, we can help them by doing that. Every time we see propaganda, we just need to label it and say that's propaganda. So our kids mm-hmm. hear it and they start to recognize it. Nobody. Oh my gosh. And I, I, I really am going to be sharing this podcast with everybody. Uh, for sure. I mean, I guess, as I do with all of my podcasts, but nobody has the right to tell me or sue me to teach my kids in the right ways of the Lord. Nobody, no government has that. Uh, I am. I am. The, I brought this child into the world. My ki- my children do not belong to the government. They. Which you you said belong, and that's one of the words they use at school all the time on these surveys. These endless social emotional surveys that they ask the students: Do you feel like you belong? They want wow. the school to feel like they belong to the school. And our kids need to know you do not belong to the system. You belong to me. You belong to part of our family. We have to teach them their true identity as male and female, as children of God, as members of our family, as Americans. Basic things that used to be considered self-evident are no longer self-evident. And that puts us in a dangerous place because we cannot find common ground with other people that oppose us if, there is no, if we can't agree on self-evident truths anymore wow yeah and uh, i don't know i'm I'm very i'm very angry uh my my blood literally is boiling right (laughs) right now with all this that is going on and natalie i am not going to stop fighting and we can't and we we cannot uh, let our guard down 
whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I urge everybody that's listening to to this podcast, if you're a conservative, please be involved. If you are, I mean, not, not even just conservative, if you are a normal human being, you know, because what they're doing is just not normal whatsoever. They want to make us, uh, they're trying to in- intimidating us, you know, and if, if they want to do that, if they want a war, war they will have. And I have talked to several individuals about this and, and I asked, when do you think it is going to be a moment when us righteous citizens will take the second amendment literally uh, in that way? And uh, I have heard from many. And your families. Yeah, it definitely is is going to take place because this is definitely it's uh, it's an infringement of our liberties um, because I, according to them, I don't have the liberty to teach my my children Christianity or the uh, principles of my religion, you know. And regardless of what it is, if it is a you know Jehovah Witness, if it's LDS, if it's Catholic, if it's non denominational Christian, whatever. Whatever. That's where true diversity comes in, right? right? That's how you get, they they say they're all about diversity at the schools and embracing diversity, but at the same time, they're trying to make every child conform to their new, this new ideology. Whereas mm-hmm. if, if you want true diversity, you let those things be taught in the homes and the kids bring all of that, that diversity with them. When, you know, all of us teach our kids differently, that's how diverse, that's diversity at its finest and shouldn't yeah. be squelched. Yeah. It's um, just... The whole, um, you know, I, I posted yesterday, um, well, a couple months ago, during June, Pride Month, I posted on my page um, a, a picture of a, I, I posted several pictures from different libraries around the state of LGBTQ book displays in the children's sections of the mm-hmm. public libraries. And I got in big trouble by the board for that. And I'm like, that's public library. Why, why am I getting in trouble? This is, you know, this is not about school. This is just on my personal page sharing this. But um, one of the moms that saw it went out, went to the library and checked out like 40 plus books um, that fell in this category and she read them all and she made a video explaining exactly what's inside them with screenshots from it. You'll want to go and see that, that video on my Facebook page uh, by Michelle Lee. Uh, so you can see exactly how they are grooming and sexualizing your kids. It is. And how they're again, that anti-parent sentiment that comes through so strongly that your parents don't know what is best for you? They, you're only considered a boy because that's what they assigned you at birth, based on what they look, what you look like to them. But you know better than your parents, right? That's the sentiment throughout all of it, and it's this hypersexualizing, gender confusing, uh, gender bending um, books that they're put, putting out, and they're literally. These are also, you need to know what these books are so you can look for them in your school libraries because I know many school libraries that have these same books in them uh, so that kids can pull them off the shelf and just read them, right? Or the teach, the activist teachers that put these books in their classroom that Utah Pride Center 
literally, they have a, an arm of their group called FAM, which doesn't mean family, although I think it's their new definition of what they want kids to think of as family. It stands for friends, allies, and mentors. And they held a rally during the summer uh, where they gave away LGBTQ book bundles to teachers who would sign promising that they would get it into the hands of their students. Free LGBT book bundles. Over 100 of these bundles were given out to activist teachers to get in their classrooms. Um, there is, and this is this was their way of pushing back against the Murray parents who were upset about the teacher reading their third graders transgender children's books. So instead of backing off, they just double down, triple down, and and so it's relentless. We have to fight Excellent. back. Yeah, we definitely have to. But thank you so much for being here, Natalie. We definitely appreciate you. And remember, this is the Nacho Show, brought to you by Fade Bye Bye Ravens Media. See you. Oh, 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 oh,